Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. This thing of darkness, I acknowledge mine. Welcome to First Steps Shadowwork, the 31st episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 16th century bard William Shakespeare in The Tempest. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Bring in the serious face. Yes. We are, we are here to do another First Steps episode. This is the series where we discuss topics that are widely mentioned in mm-hmm. the pagan community, but are not often explained in depth, or, you, you know, they'll get like a passing reference in a book with no further explication, and you're expected to just know what the author's talking about. So we're going to be doing shadow work, in part because something I say all the time is I think everyone should do shadow work at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess before we get into this, we have the maintenance stuff that we do at the beginning of an episode. Yep. So, yep. so maintenance is we have one brand new hunter. Yes. Squeaky. 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 Yep. Who's here with us yes. in the chat. Yep. Yes. And yes. then we have a new cat who asked to be unnamed. Okay. But we thank so, you, unnamed. dear cat. Yep. An anonymous cat. Somewhere. An anonymous cat. And then we are going to convocation next week. Yep, Wednesday. On this Wednesday. Week, this week, not next week. It's well, this that's week. true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> officially this week. now. Yeah. yeah, officially this week. So Couple we head off to convocation on Wednesday. Yep. We are still running a tad bit short yep. of our goal. Yep. Although um, we want to say thank you to everybody. Yes, who everybody who's donated. Us. It's been great. It's been great. We do still have more that we could <laughs> use before we go. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> so the you, the big expense is the hotel. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, and the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are inclined or able to give, even a couple of bucks would be helpful. Actually, if every listener gave a dollar, we'd more than hit our goal. That's uh, true. Nine asks, what options for donations are open? Can we PayPal you funds? Hmm, you have a, I have a PayPal. Gwen has a PayPal, so you can email me and I can get you Gwen's PayPal. Yeah. The other thing would be the Cash app, which is actually from Square. You can send money that way, or we also have a GoFundMe. Yep. Which I think you can pay via PayPal on GoFundMe. Through the GoFundMe, you I think. Do um, PayPal through GoFundMe. But GoFundMe does charge a, a surcharge, a, a surcharge yeah. on there. Yeah. So, so those are ways that you can help out, assist, mm-hmm. assist. Yep. Yes, and yep. yep. trying yes. to we're really, manage those costs. Yeah, and we're really excited about going because we Car has scheduled all kinds of interviews yes. for us to do. We're going to be obviously going to these classes. Mm-hmm. Ode and well, I. Yeah, and, I was going to yes. say you Ode are and in I, classes. But we're going to share. I have to. I have to like really. Uh, knuckle down and manage my schedule to decide which interviews I'm going to be a part of versus which classes I'm going to go to. And the struggle is very real. And we'll share all that information with you. And then, of course, we're going to do the dual podcast. Mm -hmm. That is Yeah, with Around Grandfather Fire, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Which is James Stovall and Saren Hodenson. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if you haven't listened to Around Grandfather Fire... Do so. Do so now so that you have some idea of what you'll be getting from them. You already know the stupidness you get from us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and they, Especially if you're a hunter and have been listening right. to our pre-episode yeah. banter. <laughs> their their podcast comes out at the same time ours does. Yes. So, so it, well, on that particular podcast, yeah. Exactly. We're going to be... Yep. They're going to come out the same day. Yep. Yeah, um, it should be exciting because we're going to be basically five people around one mic... Yeah, (laughs) it'll be fun. Um, And then also, uh, we'll be talking with Jason Mankey about his new book, Transformative Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking to Witch Doctor Utu about conjuring Harriet Tubman. And I'm reading that book right now. I got to give it to you guys so so you can can read it. It's so good. 
We'll be talking with uh, Ken Day about shamanism, nice. which I think is kind of cool. Yep, he's doing uh, a class, I believe, yep. right? Ivo Dominguez Jr., we're going to be talking about astrology. Hopefully Clifford Hartley Lowe, depending on... Right, on the, the circumstances the of the day. circumstances, we'll be talking about dark magic and Emma Brand. We're going to be talking about his coven oh, and yeah. how that works. And then I think we'll add into that coven or no coven. You yeah, know, where, yeah. Where people kind of fall in that... Spectrum, and then uh, Jackie Smith from Coventry Creation. You know, those amazing candles. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, the Witches' Union, which yes. we think is really yes. cool. Yes, the Witches' like Union is such Union. a cool idea. Witches' Union is basically like Boy Scouts slash Girl Scouts for, for witches. witches. For witches, yeah, yeah. yeah. So where you can, like, you can do work to get little badges. It's right. a very yeah. cool yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. So, and then we're still working on Tess Whitehurst, <laughs> uh, Storm Fairy Wolf, Ellen please, Duggan, please. Devin Hunter, and I'm sure Lady Dame will be on because... Probably. We've been Lady trying to get Lady Dame on for a while. Yep. She's great. I absolutely love her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we get along with her really well. So yeah, and she's um, local. She's uh, she's from Detroit, Michigan. Right? Yeah. So yep. the Detroit. So we've area. seen her around at assorted events. Right. Yes, we have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we're stoked about doing. I'm stoked about doing the interviews. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll also kind of be wandering around aimlessly when I'm not doing an interview. Right. But it looks like like Friday at this point is pretty much Booked. my Friday is all interviews. <laughs> yep. Uh, minus the fact that we're teaching a class. So yeah. I'll be yes. off for that. But then... Yeah, that's right. We are we are teaching the Building Your Book Ultra High Speed Edition. Ultra yep. High Speed. All the content. In an hour and a half. In an hour and a half. So v- very abbreviated content. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we have a whole lot else we need no, to talk no, about. No, no, I think that's so, it right now. Yeah, that's we can actually major. get we can get into the episode. Yes, yeah, we the can. content. Yep. Oh yeah. Prep you guys. We're not doing a review this week because um, we're horrible people and we forgot. We forgot to pick something, so we didn't realize until today that we didn't have a review prepared, which means. Like, th- we can't read a book fast enough to review it for you honestly, guys, honestly, I swear in we're still- a day. For those of you all who haven't seen, we put up, or I put up, a Carpet poll up. on our Facebook page. We're looking at potential t-shirt ideas, uh, besides just the cats mm-hmm. on there. We have uh, Swan and Chill. Is or Don't a, Swan and Chill. Or Don't Swan don't and swan Chill. Maybe I'll make two. Um <laughs> Guess what? It's time for reviews, just mm-hmm. because people will be like, "What the hell does that mean?" And you although be you like, you chose a different review, oh, that's true. I did. Spell you it wrong. used the like you, you went the like light dance routine <laughs> review. Jazz fingers. It's time for jazz fingers. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then I also left it open where you can add your own option. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, the adding your own option is currently winning. Just this is my path. Choose your own. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, though, if, and this is a question that I'm asking out loud on the podcast rather than individually, but could there be like a witch, this is my path, choose your own? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Druid, oh, yeah. this, this is, is my path, path choose even, your own. Yeah, yeah I can even. do those. I yeah, like so, that. I like that idea. You know, and then. Squeaky uh, likes the reviews. Yep. And Agent M was surprised you liked their suggestion. Was that the, this is my path, choose your own? Because if so, I really did like it. And it's winning. Yeah. <laughs> it's winning and the poll. Uh, a, a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. So I like that one. Yeah. So. So that's. I mean, congratulations. You're gonna get a, a t-shirt <laughs> yeah, design. That's, that's Probably that, yeah. a couple. Yep. And uh, I also just threw up Ode Stone Corner on there, which I figured we could do with like a a wrestling ring with the Ode character in it and, and rocks <laughs> and rocks yeah, everywhere. I don't know, uh, but. Anyway, so we're just trying to come up with different ideas mm-hmm. uh, for, for future shirts. Yeah. shirt yep. ideas. Shirts, mugs. On, mugs. They'll go up on Redbubble. So right. anything you want them on, you can get them right. Yeah, exactly. you can get them on from Redbubble. Yep, so that's it. I'm that's done it. now. Done. Yep. The first thing we should talk about with Shadow Work is mm-hmm. sort of where the concept comes from. 
And contrary to what I think a lot of people expect, especially in the pagan community, um, shadow work is not an inherently magical practice. Mm -mm. It can be used in a magical way, but the concept of, of the shadow and of working with the shadow actually comes from analytical psychology. It comes from Carl Jung, who was a Swiss psychiatrist. He was the founder of analytical psychology. He was a friend and student of Freud before they had a big falling out and mm -hmm. stopped talking to each other forever. He's the one who gave us the id and the ego. Yeah, he, he originated a lot of concepts. Mm -hmm. uh, he originated extroversion and introversion, mm -hmm. although they are now used in a different way than he originally used them. Mm -hmm. He originated the concept of the collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of people use. Uh -huh. He originated the concept of synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And he originated the concept of archetypal phenomenon. So Which the, I think is proved through a number of, of our mythologies and things like that. Yeah, well... And story writing. Story writing, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jung identified a bunch of archetypal figures and archetypal mm -hmm. actions and things that showed up in stories and in mythologies and in personal development, individuation, in these cycles and patterns... And he identified these as being not just like coincidences that mm -hmm. all humans sort of naturally gravitate to these archetypes, mm -hmm. but as figures and, and inherent elements of the collective unconscious. Right, exactly. And I do believe he came along, or at least from his work, came along the idea of self-actualization. Jung pursued a concept called individuation, mm -hmm. which was the idea uh, that a human being's sort of ultimate purpose... Mm -hmm. was to grow as an individual into their most whole person. Right. Um, which we sort of now, it, it's branched out into things like self-actualization. Right, right. But it was, so it was formed from that concept. Right. A lot of concepts that are very sort of pop psychology and very new agey mm -hmm. these days, actually, when you trace their lineage Go back, back to originate to, to Carl Jung, yeah. who Jung himself was, he was a pantheist. Mm-hmm. He studied uh, a lot of religions. He studied Buddhism, Taoism. He studied uh, Catholicism, Christianity, uh, just sort of a range. Pretty much any religion he had access to, he studied. Mm -hmm. He believed that spirituality was an important and inextricable part of individuation. So uh, unlike Freud, who had a very materialistic view, Jung believed that it was important to access your spirituality in order to become a, whole a more person. whole person. Mm -hmm. uh, and he believed that there were some ailments that could only be cured by spirituality. For example, he believed you couldn't cure alcoholism unless you pursued a spiritual isn't, pursued spiritual progress so and that's isn't why that we what have AA, AA that's yeah AA, AA derived from the Oxford group mm -hmm. and members of the Oxford group had been patients of Jung yeah. who told them I can't cure you of this. You're going to have to go to a religion for that. And I think uh, AA has proved itself over the years and it's, uh, it's spawned been very a effective, number yeah. of effective groups. So for uh, all manner of things. Okay. Yep. There's NA. There's yeah. There's yeah, a bunch yeah. of A's. Yep. Jung also had an interest in spiritualism and the occult. Hey, gotta love that. Uh huh. And although he original, so he attended a bunch of seances in his life. Mm -hmm. His original theory was that there were psychological, purely psychological reasons that seances worked the way they did. Mm -hmm. That people were sensing things maybe from the collective unconscious that they were just sort of interpreting as spirits. I can see that, yeah. Over time, his opinion changed. To being actual and his, spirits? His, his final conclusion was, 
the spirit hypothesis yields better results. Yeah, it really mm. does. If you've ever been to a seance or to a psychic medium such as myself. Jung was a very interesting character. He was not um, a flawless person. I think it's important to, to point that out. But he is sort of, he's very foundational mm. to the way modern psychology works mm. and to the way shadow work functions. Mm-hmm. Because among the many concepts he created was that of the shadow. So mm-hmm. uh, Gwen mentioned earlier the ego and the id. Mm-hmm. Those are two pieces of the self, right? Mm-hmm. Two faces of the self. Right. And the shadow is another face of the self. Now, I was reading um, a very interesting bit of information about the shadow or dealing with your shadow. Mm-hmm. It's on the website, Scott Jeffrey. Okay. The things he said was that basically... The shadow self, if you want to narrow it down, you know, is how I took it into a nutshell. It is the unexamined or ignored parts that were repressed into our unconscious and all the unaccepted or discouraged parts of ourselves that were swept away for the first 20 years of our lives through basically through behavior modification from parents and society. That is broadly true, but Mm -hmm. it is not the totality of truth of the shadow, I would say. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus on like the inner child when they think about the shadow. Mm -hmm. And it's true that a lot of the things that are in the shadow, suppressed behaviors, which is mostly what the shadow is made up of, come about are suppressed because of behavioral pressures Mm -hmm. from parents and teachers and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes later in life, you can still be suppressed and suppressing elements of yourself. Well, I think we, it's, it's a human experience. I think it's something that we, that we do. We see something in ourselves that we either are, that we reject, that we reject, that we don't like. And then quite often we then, when we reject it in ourselves, we bury it and then we project it and see it in other people. Yeah. The standard, uh, the standard saying, I guess, is that what you see in other people is what you hate most about yourself. Right. Exactly. Those negative, those negative things. So like if somebody, if you're just like upset because somebody was so rude and you think they're just such a rude, awful person, you might want to examine to see if there's some parts of yourself that, you know, can be kind of rude. <laughs> the thing is, though, that not all elements of the shadow are inherently negative. True. The shadow is just... The parts of yourself that, you that are natural to you, mm-hmm. but which you have suppressed. That's true. So the, those can be positive traits. If you mm-hmm. had uh, an abusive situation and you were taught not to empathize with other people, right. that has been suppressed in your personality. Mm-hmm. What I think most shadows are composed of are the things that, quote, civilized society finds objectionable. Mm-hmm. So sexuality is often right. suppressed into the shadow. Which makes a lot of sense, especially if you're coming from a a religious framework where sexuality is repressed mm-hmm. um, and Great. looked on yeah. as, you know, it just is... A- know, any kind of, any, any form of any sexuality. Form of sexuality. Yeah. Anger is often suppressed. Mm-hmm. Jealousy. Mm-hmm. Jealousy is often suppressed. Expressions of sadness are suppressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh gosh, the whole, that whole idea that men shouldn't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, little boys should, we're told... Boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. <laughs> So just, you know, and so you've got a lot of men who just are unable to express themselves emotionally. At least, I don't know if that still is as much of an issue today as it was, you know, years ago when I was growing up. But I, I suspect be, it comes in waves. Yeah, it, it you know, it's that toxic masculinity mm-hmm. idea where you have to be the big, strong guy, the big, strong man, and you can't show those empathetic emotions. And the thing Luckily, is- I did not marry that man. <laughs> 
No, yeah, I cry. Every day. <laughs> you <did>. Car <laughs> cries very easily. Yes, commercial. He's a very empathetic person. I watched a, a documentary on Joan Jett today and ended up crying. Yep, so yep. you know, it was bad. Car Car watches no, all kinds good. of documentaries and they always make him cry. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's right. Um, that's one of the reasons I love him. Where the shadow becomes a problem mm-hmm. is that because these are natural parts of yourself that can't be excised, right. they can only be pushed away. Mm-hmm. They can only be pushed down and ignored. Mm-hmm. When you ignore them for long periods of time, and especially when you start to ignore a lot of things, when your shadow starts to become very, very developed, mm-hmm. you have these unconscious desires to express the shadow. And because they are unconscious, you are necessarily unaware of them, Mm -hmm. which causes you to act in ways that are very counterproductive to your conscious desires. Exactly. So you, you do things not consciously planning to do them, in some cases not even really aware that you're doing them. It's just an impulsivity that you just do a thing and you're like not even aware why you've done it. Yeah. It's, it's these patterns or surges in your behavior, Mm -hmm. in your emotions sometimes, Mm -hmm. in the way you format your relationships. Like unexplained uh, anger sometimes can be be something that was a repressed part of your shadow. When you, uh, a a lot of people, I guess, are familiar with the concept of sort of bottling up the the emotions and then it just explodes. Mm -hmm. That explosion is an extreme expression of the shadow. That's right. Because you've suppressed these emotions mm-hmm. for so long and you haven't dealt with them. Eventually, your, your unconscious mind needs to deal to with them. It. So it just stops checking in with you. Mm-hmm. And it just takes over, essentially. Mm-hmm. It stops allowing you to gatekeep. Mm-hmm. And instead, it just says, well, I'm going to deal with this and I don't care if you don't want to. That's right. Gotcha. And it usually does this at the worst possible time. And that, and that can be very detrimental to yourself, to your health, to your relationships, yep. to your work. To every aspect, to every of, your aspect life, really. of your life. I have a quote and I, I think it might be young. I didn't get down the reference. Okay. But it's, there is no light without shadow, no psychic wholeness without imperfection. That is, that is young, yeah. I believe. Yes. And so I think that what the yeah. shadow is about. And, and we come now from a society that has very black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. That has very prevalent black and white thinking. That is very consumed with the idea of being a good person versus being a bad person. Mm-hmm. And that makes it psychologically difficult for people who are susceptible to this black and white thinking mm-hmm. to acknowledge that there are, quote, bad parts of themselves mm-hmm. that they will never be able to get rid of. That's right. They will always be part of you, right? Mm-hmm. But the good and bad labels are very subjective. That's right. We think of them as permanent, but ultimately they are expressions of our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our society has decided that expressions of sexuality are bad. Exactly. But expressions of sexuality are natural, and ergo, they are not good or bad. Mm-hmm. They just are. Exactly. And so that's why, though, you get people who suppress, suppress, suppress their mm-hmm. sexual urges. Say, for instance, if you have a young man or a young woman who is attracted to the same sex. And they are being told that what they're thinking or feeling is bad. It's wrong. And they're getting this message over and over again. And so they are, when they do act on those urges, they feel incredible guilt. 
Mm-hmm. And or, they, can, or they act on those urges in unsafe ways. In they don't unsafe practice ways. safe sex. Exactly. They, they can you know. get hurt mm-hmm. in some way or other. And honestly, I, I, I think that's, uh, you know, you've got a lot of teenagers who, who have to deal with this mm-hmm. because, you know, they get, if they do start expressing their, their sexuality as a homosexual, lesbian, you have a repressive society or repressive family mm-hmm. who is telling you, no, you are wrong. You are, this part of you is. You are bad. You are bad. This if part you do you, this, you are bad. Yeah. If you, this is a big that's thing. That's the thing. This is the big thing. It's not, it's never this part of you is harmful no. or this part of you needs to be managed carefully. Like anger. Anger does need to be managed carefully. Absolutely. It's useful sometimes and not useful other times. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But the message that we receive because of the black and white thinking Mm -hmm. of our society is when you are angry, you are bad. Yeah. Which is not true. Sometimes your anger is useful. Sometimes your anger is not useful. Mm -hmm. Learning to identify the difference between those things is important. But in neither case are you a bad person for feeling anger. And we learn how to deal with those feelings through shadow work. Through shadow work, yes. Okay, so I've never done shadow work. Yes. Actually, or, you sort of have. You just didn't put, it wasn't You put didn't in those, frame it this way. You didn't frame so it this way. you okay. went to therapy. Yes. And you did anger management stuff. Yes. That's functionally shadow a kind work. of shadow work. That is, it's just not done in a spiritual sense as much as what you did was done in a, a functional. Well, it might have been shadow work. Well, Here's the thing. I don't know true. that much that's about true. your anger management system. That's true. So let me describe shadow work very briefly and then you tell me okay. if you did shadow work. Right. Okay. I think, and I think people will find out a lot of people have been doing shadow work unaware. Yeah. The very basic steps of shadow work are identifying the shadow or the specific piece of the shadow that you are currently dealing with. Okay. So identifying the anger, right? Okay. Well, you put a check mark there. Then you are accepting the shadow. So you are releasing your instinctive rejection of that shadow and acknowledging what it is and how it got there. Okay. I can put a check mark there. Okay. Yep. The last piece of shadow work uh-huh. is integrating the shadow, which is transforming the shadow from an enemy that is at odds with your conscious desires into an ally that supports your conscious desires. Nope. No? Okay. So, nope. so you no, continue so, to so, suppress your anger, basically. So, yeah. And, and basically, what now, admittedly, I went to a Christian okay. psychology True. thing. So I was just given tools to suppress it more. Okay. Okay. Rather than tools to work through. through. Correct. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yep. that is not shadow work. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think... Uh, and I'm I'm gonna say there are religion specific therapies out there mm-hmm. that do in- encourage the repression because they're only interested in helping you maintain that goodness that goodness right. that that behavioral modification mm-hmm. that is appropriate for society right whereas in shadow work what we want to do is embrace who we are acknowledge that yes I have this this is part of me mm-hmm. how can I use it constructively to be a whole person right. yeah. That's, so that's shadow work. So a shadow work anger management system would have said, this is the anger. It's part of you. It would have explored where that anger comes from. Yep. It would have kept digging deeper and deeper. Until well, we, did, we did that part. Okay. So yep. we yep. figured out so where it came from. We found out yep. where the yep. anger yep. came yep. from. And then the most important stage of shadow work would be finding ways to productively integrate that anger into your consciousness. Right. 
so and that we you're never not went through that. so that you're not unaware of it, so that it doesn't sneak up on you, right? So that you, when you it happens, you it. understand why it's happening and and how you can use it productively. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was basically told that anger was bad, and that here were some tools to help you not yeah, not and, get angry, mm-hmm. or when you get angry, to suppress it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not healthy puppies in my opinion. Kittens. Yeah, puppies and kittens. Man. It's a band aid. <laughs> it's a band aid on a problem that needs a surgery. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and that's what shadow work is. Those are the basic steps of shadow work. There are a lot of ways to go through shadow work, but before we get into that, I think Mm -hmm. we should touch on who should be doing shadow work. Right. Because the reality of the situation is that although I do think everyone should do shadow work at some point in their life, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very useful and productive and important for almost everyone because Mm -hmm. everyone has a shadow. Right. Not everyone is going to be necessarily in the right place, place. you have to, to do right shadow place. work because it is it's it's in the words it's in the title shadow work yeah. you do have to do work in order to and it can be a painful process it, it will be a painful yeah process. it will yeah. be a painful it will be, messy process it will be a painful process mm-hmm. so there are i have some some caveats here some do not undertake shadow work ifs. yes mm-hmm. so do not undertake shadow work if you have a strong, resilient belief in evil mm-hmm. that you are unwilling to examine because you will come up on things in yourself that under your existing framework, you will see as evil. Mm-hmm. And if you are not able to examine that concept and accept that these are natural things and not, quote, evil things, mm-hmm. you will have a really hard time And that is moving somebody, forward. That is particularly difficult for uh, people who come from a, a rather strict religious background. Yeah. Do not undertake serious shadow work if you have a powerful, uncontested inner critic. Mm-hmm. Because the part of you that is always telling you what your mistakes are will use everything you uncover in mm-hmm. shadow work as ammunition to, feel bad. to just hurt you. Yep. And yep. that is not productive shadow work. That's called intrusive thoughts. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it can be very hurtful. Yeah. To yourself. So you definitely, you need to have your, your inner critic under control, under control. So do not undertake serious shadow work. If you are emotionally fragile and you do not have an adequate support system. So just like with the whole, you know, if there are certain things going on in your life, mm-hmm. don't make major decisions. If there's been a death in the family, if, if you've, you've made moved a major, recently, mo- major yeah. move, if you have uh, have a new job, mm-hmm. wait for your life to settle down. Yeah. So the, the one right under this is do not undertake serious shadow work if you are under elevated stress yep. in yep. general. Any kind of elevated a- stress. Any conditions in your life that create extreme amounts of stress yeah. are going to be not conducive to, the, to to this process because the shadow work is also going to create stress. Yeah. I feel like I'm always under that. <laughs> I'm always under and then, stress. And sometimes people feel that way and it, it can be a while before they can actually undertake shadow work and it really, it you know, you need to do it in chunks. You can't yeah. just do no, it yeah, all in one. This is not something you just do in a once. day. I've done it all. No, you pick one little thing and work through that. Uh, and then the last caveat I have is do not undertake serious shadow work if you already have aggravated, mm-hmm. unaddressed mental health issues. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what method you use for your shadow work, you will be digging up some very messy things that will probably interact with your mental health, whether you have good mental health or 
or mm-hmm. questionable mental health. And if you are already on the edge, yep. shadow work could absolutely push you over it. That's right. Which does not mean that if you have mental health issues or you have stress or you have a powerful inner critic that you should never do shadow work. But it means that if you're going to do shadow work, A, you should probably start with, you know, some relatively light shadow work. Mm -hmm. And B, you should get a professional shadow mentor or partner who will help you through this process. Yep. You can find people who are skilled in shadow work who will be willing to guide you through Mm -hmm. the shadow work process. And sometimes you can go to a therapist. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially a therapist, a therapist who is Jungian, who is who is familiar with Jungian psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, vet your therapist and find the right one for you. So, in other words, do not go to your local Christian therapist. No, go to Christian. You counselor. know, find find an analytical psychologist yep. or someone who who um, you know, cogn- cognitive behavioral right. therapy is also good for this. But mm-hmm. so so find a therapist who's willing to work with you in the systems you're using mm-hmm. and coordinate your shadow work with a therapist. Yeah. And remember to be kind to yourself. Take your yeah, time. That's that's the big thing. Take your time. There is no you there is no rush on this. No. Mm-mm. Be kind to yourself. Know your limits. Accept that you will never be perfect mm-hmm. and that the work never stops. Yep. Even if you do some like really deep shadow work and you are confident you have handled this part of your shadow mm-hmm. and you move on to other things. Six months down the line, It'll you may be up. right back here right. dealing with the same part of your shadow over again. This doesn't mean you failed last time. It just means you have more work to do. And I want to read that quote again from Carl mm-hmm. Jung. There is no light without shadow, no psychic wholeness without imperfection. And I think that's something that we really need to remember. Any questions, Car? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think, like, I'm trying to think when any time I might have done this. So when I came out of drug addiction in my teens, mm-hmm. you know, it, that was a very weird experience for me because I went completely cold turkey. From right. Basically mm-hmm. smoking pot and crack every day to nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you did the bootstrap method. Right. right. So I'm not sure how that, I don't think that equates to shadow work, but it was a process that was done very intentionally on my part. Right. So it was, it was a goal driven. Yes. It was Mm -hmm. very, very much a goal driven process Mm -hmm. too. I knew that I couldn't stay doing what I was doing in order to get to where I wanted to be. But I don't know that I would necessarily call that shadow work because I don't know that I ever worked on the The, the, addiction part of it. The root. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, really addiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I still smoke cigarettes Mm -hmm. um, and drink caffeine. So I still have, (laughs) I still have those two addictions. You never looked deeper into why you got addicted in the first place or why you pursued drugs in the first place or, you know. I would say my anger management therapy, I guess, for for lack of a better word. Counseling, probably. Counseling, Counseling, yeah. Led me to understand where that addiction came from as well, because it was all kind of built in together. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, you know, it was the death of my grandfather, my parents divorcing, Mm -hmm. you know, all All these stressors. Right, all these stressors, yeah, that happened all at once that led to, you know, my doing bad in school, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. then led to my getting involved in drugs because I was a bad kid, Mm -hmm. right? You know? Yeah, and I think that you said it right there in how you described yourself. I, I was, was a, a bad, bad kid. kid. Yep. Well, and I had done stuff to work myself to that point. And where... the thing is, you weren't a bad kid. 
That okay. that's the whole point of shadow work. You weren't so, a bad so kid. What what we would have done in shadow work, I guess, we would have gone to okay, all these things happened, and you behaved in these yep. ways. This you reacted to these things in these ways. Right. Those things didn't make you bad, but you were told that you were behaving in bad ways. So those things eventually became suppressed. And I think part of it was self-perpetuating in mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. all right, well, this got me attention. Right. Right, which I had been lacking. Mm-hmm. So what else can I do that, that is will get perceived me attention. as yeah. bad that will get me more attention? Yeah. Right. And so I would just dive into more of that kind of stuff because I wanted the that, attention. that attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously, for lack of a better term, being a good kid <laughs> had not provided it. Uh-huh. Right. And so, but then, acting out, but acting out did. did right, and exactly. you see that so often. Yeah, it's, that, it's a very, that's very, common very common, very typical pattern. Yeah, and I, I think it's that's why I think it's important, especially in and shadow it ends work. Up, I mean, it really ends up defining people's whole self-image. Yes, exactly. Right. Which is why I'm saying I think it's important for people to do shadow work so that they can work through these things and realize, no, I wasn't a bad kid. I had issues. That I was using to, and I was using my behavior yeah. to get attention. Right. That doesn't make you a bad kid. It makes you a hurting kid who needed some, one of the, some assistance. one of the most difficult and correspondingly important parts of shadow work mm-hmm. is that you have to be brutally honest yep. with yourself while at the same time having endless compassion for yourself. Yep. And it is very difficult to balance those two things. But you do have to be able to to learn, and it's, it's this is it a is process a you will process. learn. You have to learn how to look at yourself and see your flaws with incisive clarity. To see yourself and everything that is wrong with you. Everything mm-hmm. in yourself that you in- instinctively reject that you loathe about yourself, that you would never confess to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And you have to confess those things honestly to yourself Mm -hmm. and then still love yourself at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So do you think there's an age that this should not be done before? Oh, I don't think teenagers can do shadow work. No, I think it's too stressful. That's what what I'm saying is like, I wanted to... And I think you're still too much in flux. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, like, for instance, the information I was reading, is it was saying, you know, this is your your formative years are really that first 20 years of your life. And I'd say so, up to 25, probably. Yeah, yeah, 25. So really, shadow, <laughs> shadow work is really something that should be undertaken by someone in their, I think. By an adult or, with an established yes, psyche. exactly. An adult <laughs> with an established psyche and who has a good support system. Yeah, you do need a support system. You need to have a solid psychological foundation, yep. right? But it still needs to be a flexible foundation. Yep, yep. You need to be able to make changes to yourself without being so much in flux already mm-hmm. that every ripple is going to destroy your mind. Right. You know, exactly. So you, there's a, like a, there's a very specific flexibility that you need and going too flexible and too rigid in either direction yep. will cause you problems. And I think when you're in the middle of doing shadow or if you start doing shadow work and you find that it is too painful, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a time to stop and reevaluate, maybe. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a balance here. Yeah, there's a, you have to Sh- know the shadow is too much. Yeah, it's going to be painful. It will be It's painful. going to hurt. It's going to suck. At the very, very end of shadow work, there's relief. The same yeah. way lancing a boil, there's relief at the mm-hmm. very, very end. Yep. But the process 
is gross and painful. And it will continue to be gross and painful until you get to the very, very end of it. And then you're going to have to start over again with a new part of your shadow. With a new part of your shadow. Although I do suggest taking a break. (laughs) Don't just relentlessly do shadow work forever. You will burn yourself out that way. Exactly. Exactly. So we've talked about the young version of shadow work. Right. Is there a magical version? There are. Most shadow work that that's done in paganism and in witchcraft is derived from mm-hmm. Jungian Young, shadow right, work. Yeah. And oh, it's like, time for Odes Stone Corner! That one was very extreme. Okay, so I'm going to be discussing rose quartz here today. For the first time in ages, I don't have a piece of rose quartz because... I can't find a piece. I think that I've works got some me. on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, so I'm doing rose quartz. Rose quartz is a kind of quartz. It's a pale pink or rose colored, and the color in rose quartz is typically <laughs> it's thought to have derived from trace amounts of titanium or iron or manganese. Interesting. Uh huh. But there were recent X-ray studies done of rose quartz, Hmm. and they think it's actually microscopic dumeritite fibers. Okay. Our understanding of rose quartz is in flux right now. (laughs) Um, There's also a a rarer form of rose quartz called crystalline rose quartz, which the color in that derives from trace amounts of phosphate and aluminum. And you can tell the difference because crystalline rose quartz fades when it is exposed to sunlight. Oh, interesting. So if you're not sure where your rose quartz came from, don't leave it out in the sun, or it might become a piece of clear quartz. <laughs> rose quartz also sometimes contains microscopic rutile fragments, which creates what's called an asterism. An asterism is... Sounds when, like a religion. <laughs> it's when... Or a flower. <laughs> it's when light reflects perpendicular to the rutile inclusions, and it creates this sort of star-like reflected effect on the stone... When it's cut cabochon, uh, or when it's tumbled. Right. So you'll find them sold as star rose quartz. Oh, okay. Um, you see this also in star sapphires. All the star stones. Right, right. Um, that comes from microscopic rutile inclusions. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I am referring to rose quartz for this episode because of some of the things we've already mentioned. It's very easy when you're doing shadow work to beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. And that is not a productive part of shadow work. Shame doesn't really have a place in shadow work. Nope. It's it's not a useful emotion here. So rose quartz, which is a very gentle and forgiving and mild-toned stone, is going to help you sort of balance your emotions. It's going to help you forgive yourself for the fuck-ups you have inevitably made. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you reduce stress, the stress that the shadow work is going to stir up to the surface. So Mm -hmm. rose quartz has often been associated with love and beauty, and I see why it has those associations. It's because it's a pink stone. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't disagree necessarily. But I find rose quartz, unlike a clear quartz which has a very high and uh, programmable tone, right? Mm -hmm. Rose quartz already knows the things it's interested in, but the things it's interested in are so mild and so gentle and almost nurturing that it's very easy to work with. You can probably convince a rose quartz to do other things, although it won't do them very well. Mm -hmm. It's also much more practical and immediate than a clear quartz. Clear quartz can be a little bit airy-fairy. 
rose quartz has a little bit more of an earthy quality to it. I wouldn't say it's a grounding stone, but it is, it does have a very almost visceral compassion to it. That's mm -hmm. going to be very useful for you when you're doing shadow work. Now, I don't have a piece of rose quartz because inexplicably I am energetically incompatible with rose quartz and I have never found a single piece that's willing to work with me. That is not generally true of rose quartz. Rose quartz is usually <laughs> very willing to work with people. So you should be able to find probably several pieces of rose quartz that will be fine for you. But if you're in my position, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Someday, someday <laughs> there will be a rose quartz. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I, the, there's something about this, me that doesn't jive, doesn't jive, jive with well with energy with rose quartz. I've never found a piece it's like that, you and pendulums. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I mean, I can get vibe off of rose quartz. Mm -hmm. I, I get this very mild, forgiving tone off of rose quartz. Um, but everyone I've ever picked up has been like, "Thanks, but no, put me down, put me down, put me down." So maybe you're just too intense. I don't know. <laughs> and that's it for Odds Stone Corner. You're doing nice. this now with the image in your head of the yeah, Wayne Hockle t-shirt really to look like, yeah. aren't you? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, there were a few episodes so You there. can have, like, the mic drop in uh -huh. the middle of the thing yeah. with my image there. Yep. You know, and then, that, yeah. yeah. There, there were a few episodes in the, you know, in the past that where it wasn't quite as <laughs> dynamic. All right, so now I would yeah. say let's. Oh, let's, the magical version. Yeah, well, let's go into well, obviously, how is it used having in magic? a having a piece quartz, of rose quartz or yeah. having a piece of rose quartz mm -hmm. would then be a magical thing that you could do. Sure. When you're doing to, your shadow work, um, the question would be why would someone who is doing magical working want to do shadow work? It really does come down to. If you are going to be doing any kind of spell casting, any kind of raising of energy, you want to make sure that basically you dealt with some of those things in yourself that could potentially derail what it is that you're doing. At least that's how I look at it. The other thing I would say is that it's going to be very difficult to have clarity mm -hmm. in your intention. Exactly. If you don't know your own mind mm -hmm. about why you want the thing. For okay, this, so, you see this so, in love magic a yeah, lot. all the time. So let me ask another question okay. before you all dive into uh -huh. esoteric things <laughs> that I'll somewhat kind of understand. So I do some very, obviously, basic divination with mm -hmm. Om, mm -hmm. but I haven't actually done shadow work. Mm -hmm. So would my Om readings then be inconclusive or not correct? No, no, no. no. Okay, no. so this is what I'm trying to get at. Like. Yeah. Yeah, no. This doesn't... Doing shadow work isn't the only way to validate your magical working, no, right? No, no. Uh -uh. It provides you with more clarity on where you're coming from. Yeah. So your divinations are not incorrect. They're being influenced by your unconscious in ways you're not aware of, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, Which is why in love magic it can be difficult if you haven't done shadow work and you're trying to do love magic, your own inner demons, if you will, could cause a little chaos. Mm -hmm. So, no, like, I, I would say that your divinations are still accurate, but you don't necessarily, you're not fully conscious of where mm -hmm. you're pulling those interpretations from. Right. Or the things that are influencing your interpretations. Does so that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I think I've, you know, I would say that I've worked through the majority of my crap in my life, <laughs> which I think the two of you all can probably attest to. Having... Oh, you've worked through a lot of crap. Yeah. Right. I think there's always room for... But, yeah, but, that's, but, this is well, the yeah. thing where shadow Thanks. work is... <laughs> I didn't mean you. Apparently, I suck again, so I'll work through it again. I didn't mean you specifically. 
specifically. I meant people in general. No, what, what I said earlier was true, is that the work never stops. Yeah, right. the work you never stops. Right. Six months after you think you've finished the work, yeah. right. it comes back yeah. again. Yes, but I'm just saying, like, I've worked through... But never in this way. Never right. in this context. Right. Yeah. In this so context. it might be and interesting never... for you at some point, um, if you are interested in that, yeah. it may be interesting for you to choose a particular a thing, of a piece right. of it, and do some shadow work on it. Well, and because and the and thing you mentioned was you did the acknowledging sure. part of yep. shadow work, right. but almost... never the integrating part. Right. right. You've done half the, like, or three quarters of yeah. the... Two thirds. Two thirds. Thank you. <laughs> Math is not my friend. Um... <laughs> You've done two-thirds of the work, so you could just go back and recall that work that you've already done and then incorporate that third piece. Yeah. Right. That's why you hear people talking about shadow work. About the need for shadow work. The need for shadow work when you are doing magic. When I was being trained in magic years ago, that was something that that my mentor and I were working on with shadow work because she taught me to do magic strictly through my intention. intention. Yeah. And so that became a very important part. Having a very my, crystal a very clear crystal intention. Crystal clear yeah. intention. So shadow work was a part of that training. Because otherwise your intention could be muddy. It could be muddy. By unconscious by influences. unconscious influences and desires. I know that like you believe you can do magic without any tools or anything, mm-hmm. just basically the, you your intention. Just with the mind. Just with the mind. You have okay. to be trained your to do that. Your power of yeah. the mind. Right. I'm just saying that's what you believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I would think that your shadow self mm-hmm. would have to be very in tune for that. Mm-hmm. But if you were just following a quote unquote recipe, <laughs> right? Right. Does your shadow self have to be as in line? Good question. I think it probably depends on where you stand on what magic is. Mm -hmm. So if you believe that magic is just a series of steps that you undertake Mm -hmm. and that you don't even have to necessarily believe in it for it to work, then hypothetically, like your, your condition doesn't matter. Right. Because you're just following the, the rules, essentially. Right. And, and the, the rules are having a natural effect on the universe. Right. And I and I do think that there are people out there who just are following steps. Yeah, who have just to, very formal who, systems. Who have of, a, very, a very formal system of, of non-belief-based of magic. Of non-belief-based magic. Now, yeah. I personally... Alchemists, I guess I would call yeah. them. Yeah. Well, and there's an interesting divergence point here where, like, people will buy... Mm-hmm. Spell kits. Spell candles, let's oh, say. Oh, spell candles. We'll buy a spell candle, which doesn't require you to do anything but light the damn thing, mm-hmm. right? right. It's and it's already been charged and... Blessed. And that intention's been done by somebody by else. By someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the person who buys the candle just lights the candle and, like, specifies who they want it to affect, right? Right. Okay. right. Let's put it this way. I just feel that... Spellcraft and magical working is more effective if it is your own intention that you're putting into things rather than just lighting a candle, doing, you know, following the recipe of the spell, that kind of thing. That's just my own personal belief. Other traditions, other people may have a different opinion of that. But you do require belief. Well, of course, now there's an argument to be made that if you're doing the steps, you do believe it'll work. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be right. doing yeah. the steps, That's, and you and you do have to have. There has to be, I think, an element of belief, or you you know you wouldn't be lighting the candle if you didn't believe the spell was going. Now, to I do think under those circumstances, if you light the candle, mm-hmm. but you don't have a, sp- a sufficiently clear idea of what you want the result to be, mm-hmm. I think that's actually the cause of a lot of spells that don't work. Right. Or, or, go, that, or, or that or have wrongly right that have undesired effects. I think it's because the people 
who were performing the spells, who were lighting the candles, who maybe didn't 100% know what they were doing or what they wanted. Right. Comes back around. Right, brings us back around full circle. As too. <laughs> if you are a magical practitioner or uh, a pagan who works magic, it is useful to do shadow work. So that you have more clarity. Yeah. So you know what you actually. So you know yourself and your intention. I agree that there, it's more useful Mm -hmm. to do the shadow work. I agree with that. My question is: Is it possible to do magical workings without? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Oh, one hundred percent. And I I believe the majority of people do. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's a lot fewer people who do shadow work than people. You know, because it's gross, messy, and unpleasant. It's gross, messy, and (laughs) unpleasant. So people don't really do it. And still have the right outcome. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Oh yeah. It's absolutely possible. And I didn't mean to imply that you can't do magic without doing shadow work. That is effective without shadow work. I'm just saying you can have more clarity of thought and purpose in your mind what's going on by doing think, shadow work. I think sometimes in this circumstance, you're looking at the difference between a sledgehammer and a scalpel. Yeah, yeah. I think because you may have less clarity without having, like, really done the work on yourself to know what you really, really genuinely mm-hmm. down at your core want, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you consciously want, mm-hmm. the magic that you do gets you the result you want, but it does it in maybe a a more robust and less refined way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you know the very specific thing that you actually want, because you've done the work to figure that out for yourself, whether you did that through shadow work or therapy or just extreme self-reflection. Self-reflection through meditation. (laughs) Whether you've achieved nirvana, whatever. like (laughs) Whatever you did. When you know yourself very clearly and are therefore able to have a very, very clear idea of what you want Mm -hmm. a spell to accomplish. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you are able to work more precisely and have less ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. I I feel like this is one of those places where we can run people away from paganism Mm. because you have to do shadow work in order to... Oh, no. No, no. In fact, I believe there are people who are not ready to do shadow work, like I said. And again, Um, I don't mean to imply that you can't do magic or witchcraft or anything without doing shadow work. No. I think there are people who have practiced magic probably the majority of their adult lives and have never done shadow work. And I encourage... The thing is, I don't even really encourage people to do shadow work because I think it'll make their magic better or whatever. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to do shadow work... their life better. <laughs> I, I encourage people to do shadow work because it helps them know themselves mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is sort of the highest calling of being human is to know yourself more. Mm-hmm. Like what well, else is the point of you? And that's one of the that's one of the tenets of paganism, right, is, you know, Wicca is and to witchcraft know. is to know to um, know yourself. It's one of the hermetic principles. Yeah, maybe? I believe so. Yeah, when I encourage people to do shadow work, it's not because. And the, I mean, here's the thing: I haven't done that much shadow work. I mean, I've done shadow work, and it's mm-hmm. been unpleasant and messy and you know gross. But and especially when I was a teenager, I did shadow work wrong. So, and this is part of the reason I don't recommend doing shadow work as a teenager. Mm -hmm. The shadow work that I did as a teenager, that I didn't frame as shadow work, but that's functionally what it was, was that I found all the pieces of myself I didn't like, and I pulled them up like weeds from the garden of myself, and I cut them away, and I replaced them with new things. Mm -hmm. And that's not what actually heals your shadow. No. So I've had to go back as an adult, and redo a lot of that work, looking at the things I removed from my, that I excised from myself, that I tried to cut out Mm -hmm. completely, 
and say, no, those are still there. The pile of weeds I threw away has mm-hmm. just rotted and festered. And I still have to deal with all of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not coming from a position of superiority here. No, 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 me either. I'm coming from a place of saying, like, I'm in the middle of the work, and I know it sucks, Mm -hmm. but it is important if you are in the right place to be doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're never in that place, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to. There's no obligation. I think it will help most people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you do you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I can't tell you what's most important for you. I could not be a light and life person. There are a lot of people who focus, who, who like, their their focus in life is... light and, and... Well, they, they, they choose to focus on positive things. Right, right. And that's fine. And I hope that works for them. But it doesn't work for me. I, I used to be that person that only focused on light and life and, mm-hmm. and happy joy joys and part of that was because of, of uh, my upbringing in, right. as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I have found over the years, and I do shadow work periodically and have done, for mm-hmm. whether I realized I was doing it or not, for years. And am still in the process of doing, I still do shadow work from time to time. Because, you know, like you said, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And things come back and you have to deal with... Or you with, didn't or examine, you didn't it, examine in enough it enough depth the first time. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. But I feel like when, at least for myself, you know, having at least done some shadow work Mm -hmm. in my adult life, I feel like I'm closer to that whole person. I find that I like myself more Mm -hmm. after I've done shadow work. Yeah, because you deal with your stuff. Right. And you, yeah. and you accept those darker parts. And the, the idea is that you're like, this is all, this is all me. Yeah. This is all me. And it's... You don't have to, you don't have to, and this is one of the dangers with shadow work is that sometimes you'll see the flaws in yourself and you'll be like, okay, I've accepted them. And then you'll do nothing to change them Mm -hmm. or to change the behaviors that are resulting from Mm -hmm. them. That's one of the dangers of shadow work. That's something you have to keep an eye on. Yeah, because you don't want to just, you know, it's not a just excuse your, you know, (laughs) your bad habits. Just excuse your bad habits. It's acknowledging that you have them and trying to do something constructive. Yeah. Okay. Did that, did that help? No, I don't. I don't think it's the shadow work that sk- would scare people away. Okay, it's the elitism that comes from it. I don't think elitism comes Mm-mm. out of shadow work naturally. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I think if your shadow work makes you elitist, you need to do some more shadow work. Well, <laughs> I, I certainly, I certainly wasn't implying that or intending to but imply it, that there was an elitism. It, at least for me. It comes off that way. Wondered why you were getting a little defensive over there. <laughs> no, it's not that I'm getting defensive. Is I'm just saying, like, it comes off as my spells are going to work better, my magic's going to work better, That's my divination's going to be better. My... No, no. What no. I what so, I mean is not my work will be better no, than your work. No. What no. I mean is my work after I do shadow work is better than my work before I do shadow mm-hmm. work. Okay. Same. I think this is maybe something I picked up as an artist. One of the things I learned was that I couldn't compare myself to other artists. I could only compare myself to my prior work. Right, right. right. So I didn't. It didn't occur to me to and compare it, my magic to another person's same, magic. Right. Same. I and not because <laughs> I have no artistry background to, that I'm but talking about. But you do about. have music. Yeah. Well, but um, I'm not. You know, I don't compare what I do magically to other people. It just. I find that's I, I not can, productive because it, for no for if for no other reason than everyone seems to do magic differently. Exactly, well, and yes. so I compare as Ode was saying. I compare how I do spellcraft now 
to how I've done spellcraft in the past, mm-hmm. what has been effective, what has not, what I've done, what what I've done in myself to make things more effective. Right. It has to do with my own spellcraft, not anybody else. Yeah, I think right. I think what we intended to convey was right. my work has gotten better right. between courses of shadow work. Right. Gotcha. So, so my spells before I did shadow work on a specific issue, right, mm-hmm. were less directed. After I do the shadow work on the specific issue, my spells mm-hmm. related to that issue are more directed because I know more about what my shit is. Right. right. I don't think there's a way to objectively compare anyone's magic anyway. No. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I give a shit about is whether the stuff I do works Results. when I want it to. Exactly. Right. If it doesn't, I do something different. Exactly. And If, if my- it does... Good, I write it down so I can do it again. And I've asked other witches for assistance in spells, you know, so I, you know, certainly there is no elitism going on over here. Yeah, I can tell you that Kenya, like, if I want... Oh my god. If If we want money magic, we go to Kenya. We go to Kenya, man. I don't do my own... we don't even ask. No, yeah, we just go to her and she's like, hey... Kenya's like, hey, you need money magic now and here's something for you. And we're like, thank you? (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, right, and she's with Detroit Conjure, just so you know. If you wonder who we're talking about. Kenya's um, great. So, and if you ever meet Kenya at, at an event or something... You'll know you've met Kenya. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know you've met Kenya. And go to her booth, and that's she'll right. probably have money magic there somewhere. She will. And Absolutely. as soon as you touch it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> that lady knows how to conjure. Let's put it that way. So, anyway, I, I just have seen a lot of this shit going on. Fair. And so I wanted to make sure that our listeners know that this is not... That's not what this is about. Right. No. This is about your own personal work I and will your be, own personal self. I will be honest. It sounds to me like... Not only do the people who are coming off as elitists need to do some shadow work, but also the people who are perceiving people who don't intend to be as elitists need to do uh-huh. some shadow work. Agreed. So yeah, I think yeah. everybody needs to do some shadow work. Everybody. But that's, that's, this is my refrain. It's like, I think everybody needs if to do you're in the right place to do shadow work, you maybe consider to. doing some shadow work. Right, it's right. just going to, like, <laughs> I know it'll suck. But it's kind of a taking your medicine thing. Yep. Right. Exactly. At the end of it, you'll feel better. Exactly. Ultimately, you'll feel better. And again, in the magical context, it'll help you in various other ways. Right. Sundry sort of ways. ways. And the, the thing I think for me was you stop, when you integrate the parts of your shadow that you don't want to acknowledge, you stop being ashamed of them. Right. Which makes you much harder to, to shame for anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I think it just makes like it just makes you a stronger person in interpersonal yeah. uh, situations. Well, now we can listen to Quinn's Garden Gems. <laughs> nice segue. Nice, Thanks. very nice. Yeah, and uh, today I'm actually doing a, an herb that was suggested to me by Pat of Arts and Craft. She asked for uh, more information on agrimony, which is a very popular witch's herb. There are several varieties of agrimony. It can also be known as all heel and cockleburr and stickwort. What you have is your common agrimony and your woodland agrimony. Those are the two types that people use. It's been around for centuries. It's been used in cooking. It's been used, you know, obviously in magic. It's been used for healing. It's prevalent in Britain, Europe, and North America. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there is a, a traditional, rather, English rhyme about agrimony because it can, one of the magical uses for it is for sleep. Huh. And uh, for and supposedly it, it assists with, you know, if you put it under your pillow, it assists with uh, preventing bad dreams. <laughs> And helping you get a restful night's sleep. And this traditional English rhyme, and it's from Old English, and I've made it so I can actually read uh-huh. it. Um, if it be layered under man's head, he shall sleep in as he, as he were dead. He shall never dread awaken 
till from under his head it be taken. It would protect people from negative energy. It's good for dream work. It's meant to bring harmony and healing. It's excellent for breaking hexes and jinxes. It's actually popular for use against the evil eye and against slander and gossip. It has a, a bright, warm energy. It is a, it's a tall perennial flower that has, it uh, is a long stem with little yellow flowers that go up the stem. In fact, one of its other names was church steeple, and it was considered good to banish negativity or negative or evil, you know, because it, it looked like a church steeple. And so back in ye olden days, probably medieval England, Anything associated with something holy mm-hmm. was, you know, would repel evil or the devil. So that's where they think possibly that uh, association of protection and repelling negativity came from. It also is good medicinally. You can drink it as a tea for your digestive system. The flowers can be used in an infusion as a gargle or a mouthwash. The scent is very lemony and very aromatic. Mm. And it's actually considered to be, as far as we can tell, it's probably one of the safest herbs that you might have in your in your cupboard. You can get it powdered. You can get it chopped, the dried herb. Mm-hmm. You can get it as an essential oil. And it's in box flower essences. Okay. Uh, there, it's a it's a flower essence like a spray ah. and and, a, and drops that people use. It's very it's very popular. Basically, because it is a perennial weed, basically. <laughs> <laughs> It likes full sun or shade. It likes to have uh, well-drained soil, soil, and you want to water it moderately. So you you do want to put it in a kind of a good spot in your garden where it can get a good amount of sun. But it doesn't. It can go in partial shade. But it can go in partial. Partial. I can't say that word. Partial. Partial. (laughs) You can say it. Partial Partial shade. shade. Thank you. It's not working for me today. (laughs) Oh, and also in Saxon times, it was the the leaves and flowers were used to stem bleeding and encourage clot formation. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very useful herb to have. You again, you can use it medicinally. You can use it in magic. Um, I Uh highly recommend it. In modern days, I I don't recommend, like, stuffing agrimony into an open wound. No, no. No. You're better (laughs) off probably not doing that. But apparently you can, for migraine, you can actually make a poultice and put it on your head Ah. to ease migraine tension. Try that with daddy. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, it's good. You could, you might want to add it to a dream pillow, put it in a little uh, charm or Mm -hmm. sachet to carry on yourself for protection, to repel negativity, that kind of thing. If you want to use it with spell candles, um, you can actually, there's an essential oil, Mm -hmm. agrimony, or you can sprinkle the herb or the flowers around the candle before you light it. Cool. Yeah. So that's it for Quinn's Garden Gems. I think he changed octaves. I think he did. I think it went higher. It's very nice. It was. The other thing we want to talk about, I guess, is we want to discuss some of the techniques you can use to do shadow work. Mm-hmm. That would be good to know. Yeah, because it's actually not as complicated as I think some people assume mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Or as it sounds. As it or sounds. It does yeah. sound. It it's sounds like this, this really great big involved. Great big involved. shadow work. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, that's why I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it feels daunting to yeah. people to even consider it. Yeah, yeah. That's it's because it sounds huge. Yeah, and there are... Th- there are easier and more difficult methods for doing Mm -hmm. shadow work. So Mm -hmm. 
the sort of like really basic shadow work is mm-hmm. essentially just journaling. Yeah. You take a piece of paper and a pen where you sit down at your computer with a word processor open or whatever, however you like to do your journaling, mm-hmm. and you pick a topic that you know is a problem for you. Just and you, one. Just one. Just one. <laughs> just one just at a time. one piece that's of something that you know is something that... Mm-hmm. Something trouble- that you know is in your shadow. Something that is troublesome for you. And you essentially do free associated writing about it mm-hmm. until... And you do... You can almost do like a Socratic method of just like digging deeper. Like, okay, well, why did... Why, why do I do this? Okay, well, why do I do that to do this? Okay, well, why that? Okay, well, why that? Why that? Why that? Mm-hmm. Deeper and, and deeper and deeper kind of until good. you get as far back as you can. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're a three-year-old. Yes. You gotcha. you relentlessly... Ask why. Ask why. why. You relentlessly yeah. ask why, why you do these things, why you behave these ways. You examine how you feel mm-hmm. and the, the feelings that are brought up in this, and you just write about it until you run out of energy or paper. <laughs> exactly. Now, for those of you who maybe don't like journaling, because I know there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. don't like journaling, like Carr raising <laughs> his hand across from me right now, meditation and visualization can help with this too. Just sitting quietly, or at least that has been one of the techniques yeah. that I have used. Yes is doing that same process. Yeah, just in your head, But basically. in your head. After, you know, you take yourself to a quiet place and you, you bring up what is that issue mm-hmm. and you do the exact same process. You just do it in your imagination yep. and in your, your thought process rather than on paper. And you can do that either in a very just sort of actively imagining way mm-hmm. or you can do that in a sort of self-hypnosis yep. like go into a, a state of trance way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do it in a going into a state of trance way, I suggest you already be comfortable and familiar yes. with the trance process. Mm-hmm. Like, don't try to start your trance journey with shadow work, because right, maybe exactly. start with something lighter and That's work your way into the shadow work. visualization. Yeah. Not going into a deep trance, but just going into a state of, of relaxed meditation mm-hmm. where that you can then visualize yourself in these situations. Lorelai actually just said something in the Discord. Uh, talk to your shadow and pin it to your feet like Peter Pan. That's actually a very constructive a very, visualization to use, yes. Yep. Um, a, a lot of people do find it very useful to actually can construct or depending on how you view your soul like i view mm-hmm. my soul as having many parts so the shadow is like one of the, the parts. parts of my soul and and it's in its own way as conscious as i am it's just a different part of me right mm-hmm. so yeah you can have a conversation with it if you want to if you frame mm-hmm. it that way absolutely absolutely and you know i would recommend you know make it if you do visualization, make it this place a safe space for you. Mm-hmm. Some place that you can go back to more than once yeah. and just sit down and have this conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Basically. Uh, something else that people do a lot with shadow work, something that's a little more intensive sometimes, is called memory regression. Mm-hmm. That you might want to do with a qualified you, professional. You want to do that with a partner, with a, someone who's very skilled with shadow work, with a therapist, with mm-hmm. a, a hypnotist, yeah. uh, with yeah. someone like that. But uh, memory regression is where you actively remember a traumatic period in your life Mm -hmm. to work through the emotions that it created in you. Which is why we don't recommend you doing that by yourself or or with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. 
And it's and because it's one of the more difficult techniques, it's one that we recommend yeah. reserving until you are in an otherwise very stable, stable position. Stable position because it will dredge up other things, mm-hmm. and that's the thing you'll discover as you work on <laughs> the one shadow work issue, reveals new shadow work. Yes, you need to do. You work on one issue, you'll discover something else. And those you don't try to do them all nope, at the same time; nope, just write just them down to deal with later. Put it put it in a basket and work <laughs> with it later. <laughs> yep. Something else that I've seen people do is reenactment or um, performance. Mm -hmm. So they'll do sort of these symbolic, cathartic performances of either situations that were difficult for them, Mm -hmm. or they'll act out what they know are their their bad behaviors. They'll Mm -hmm. act those out and perform the experience of them to sort of call up those emotions. Mm -hmm. Because it's easier to do shadow work if you're feeling the problem. Mm -hmm. And if you're having a hard time feeling the problem, things like reenactment, things like mm-hmm. um, cathartic performance are ways mm-hmm. that you can bring that feeling closer to the front so you can deal with it. So, so like it's... Shadow Work the Musical. Yes, basically. <laughs> basically. Okay. I'm wondering if, because I once uh, attended a Zar, Z-A-A-R, which mm-hmm. is an Egyptian dance experience, basically, uh-huh. where you essentially do a short version of shadow work you uh it's it's a form of ecstatic dance Mm -hmm. and what it is meant to do is call up your inner demons and so that you can wrestle with so that you can wrestle and release them yeah so you could if that is something like in in instead of like if you didn't want to act it out Mm -hmm. yeah you could do what you could do do, is you know focus on the one thing that you've chosen and do some, you know, bring it up through ecstatic dance and deal with it that way. Through drumming. And drumming, there, are, there are a lot of more active singing, things you can do. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, all kinds of things. And I find even that, so, like, right now there's a there's a show on Netflix called I Am a Killer. Mm-hmm. And it's a series yeah. of interviews with death row inmates and the people who are affected by their crimes, mm-hmm. right? And I feel... I found it very interesting because the show presents them in a very empathic way and you're forced to sort of address them as people instead of as concepts. So this is, and the things that drive people who commit crimes are the things that are in your shadow somewhere being suppressed. Yep. And how a lot of people end up committing crimes is that their shadow explodes mm-hmm. and a crime happens. Right. And, and with some of these people you're dealing with, people who have... They have systemic problems, systemic yes. Problems. But those problems ultimately come from right. suppressed from impulses suppressed in impulses. the shadow that weren't dealt with. Right. So I find it really... I find it productive mm-hmm. to watch these interviews and try to understand how these people got to this place. Mm-hmm. And approach them with empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. and then look back at myself, at my own shadow, and see the reflection of those same things in myself that are also suppressed. Right. Because obviously, you know, I don't want to do crime. Right, exactly. But my shadow sure would like to do crime. Oh, yeah. Everybody's shadow would like to do at least one crime. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know, so I, f- I find that useful as sort of a gateway to looking at sort of the really, really ugly stuff in your shadow mm-hmm. is to look at somebody else's ugly stuff. Yeah. And empathize with that person's ugly stuff. Right. See them as a person right. and then look back at yourself. Right. I think that's the important part is having empathy and seeing them as a person. Mm-hmm. Something else that you can do is you can use, like, if you don't even know where to start, you can use a divination system. This can be as simple as like asking your tarot deck, like, okay, what's the thing I need to focus on? Pendulum is good for that too, because you can. I mean, as you, a guess, you have to ask yes/no questions. Yeah, with that, yeah but, but I mean, if you ha- if you have some if you have ideas, a list. if you have a list of a couple of things 
that you know you should be working on, mm-hmm. you could very easily take a pendulum if you if you do pendulum yeah. work and say pick and one. say you know which one of these, and you don't have to do it by asking the question. You could write them down on a piece of paper yeah. in like a um, like a rainbow shape. Sure. And, and see with, which like, one it goes with to. like little pie sections and see which one it goes to. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you have like a, a bunch of problems, yeah. you know, you need yeah. to address, you could ask the pendulum to prioritize them for yeah, you. Yeah, prioritize. If you don't know what to start with at all, pull mm-hmm. cards out of the deck yep. and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And um, then you can do the same thing with that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with runes, yeah. with, with yeah. any of the divination. Any of the divination yeah. decks. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes that's useful because, you know, I believe that, you know, often when we are using, not always, obviously, but often when we are using divination, we are talking to our, our higher self. We're our unconscious. Would that be will. the super ego, actually? I believe so, yeah. Rather than so, the unconscious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, you're talking to a part of yourself. Right. So that's why it can be useful to use divination techniques to guide you onto where you should be focusing. And because your shadow is necessarily an unconscious part mm-hmm. of you, a part you are not conscious of, right? Sometimes you do need something to to you clue, just don't know. To yeah. clue you into to what the problem in. is. Right. You know that there's something. You can, mm-hmm. you know, often people will know, yeah, instinctively that, that, that there's there's something, an, there's something wrong. Something that's affecting your behavior, you're mm-hmm. not, or your feelings, but you're not sure what it is or how to deal with it. Right. And so divination would be a great way to ferret that to, out. Yeah, to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorelai is saying that art journaling, scrapbooking, visual journals, and stuff are also good. I agree, uh, especially if you're mm-hmm. not into like writing things down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do sketching and stuff like that. Absolutely, any kind of form. Like uh, that. And also, just art therapy is good. Yep. <laughs> But so the other, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that when you're doing shadow work, uh, especially if you're doing like a, like a series of shadow work, mm-hmm. pay closer attention to your dreams than you usually do mm-hmm. because you're going to be stirring up a lot of stuff and your unconscious will be processing some of it while you dream. In fact, it would be good for you to keep a little notebook mm-hmm. beside you. Uh, beside your bed so that when you wake up, you can write down immediately what you've dreamed and then you can analyze it later. Yep. So, hey. Yeah, I mean, I think those are, uh, those are the, the those are the basic the, things yeah, that the you big. can do. And there's, obviously, there are books out there. Um, I, there's one that I'm currently reading that's called Dealing with Your Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's available on Amazon. There are some, I believe, in the Dark Goddess Workbook. I don't remember who the author is. She has some shadow work, uh, in you there. You can find shadow work stuff yeah. sort of sprinkled around yeah, the internet. Yeah, you can sprinkled around. Uh, for free even. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that won't require you to buy a book. Exactly. And, well, and look up Scott Jeffrey, because that was a whole, mm-hmm. it was a whole, uh, basically a paper that was put online yeah. on dealing with repressed emotions, emotions yeah. and sh- and doing shadow work. So those are some options. Yep. But now I think it's time for Cars Feast Table. Cars Feast Table. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Makes him laugh every time. The snort. and the cough (laughs) sorry uh so i decided since i didn't hadn't done any actual shadow work that in the feast table today we would have chocolate shadow cake Mm -hmm. nice chocolate is always good and car has shown me a photo and it looks extremely good and as we all harry potter fans know 
chocolate is good for defense against the dark <laughs> arts, right? <laughs> Does that include shadow work? I did. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think JK was really thinking about it. I know chocolate has always been good therapy for me. <laughs> so this is a chocolate cake. Okay. With a white frosting and then a chocolate high gloss glaze ganache poured over top. Oh god, it looks, looks very amazing. good. It really does. It looks so good. So cake is basically cake. Make a cake. <laughs> Get a uh, box. Bake cake. a chocolate bake cake. Bake a chocolate no, no, cake. No, make no, it no. easy on you yourself. You could bake a chocolate cake. You totally you could. a box cake. You could do a box cake, but doggone it, I have a recipe that has a cake in it. So make the damn cake. It always tastes better if you make it yourself. Unless it's See, my grandmother's I mean, chocolate cake. You say yeah, that, don't but... Even, don't even. Don't, do not go But there. I suspect most box cakes are better than whatever I would come up with. <laughs> All you have to do is follow this wonderful recipe. <laughs> I'm going to follow that wonderful recipe and we shall see. So it's uh, three quarters of a cup of butter, one and three quarters cups of sugar. Wow. Might be a little sweet. Two cups of cake flour, sifted. Two thirds of a cup of unsweetened cocoa powder. Okay. A teaspoon of baking soda, half a teaspoon of baking powder, three quarters of a teaspoon of salt, a cup and two tablespoons of buttermilk Ooh. at room temperature. Oh, see why I'm saying make butter, it? Buttermilk yeah, does add yeah. a lot to a chocolate cake recipe. Three large eggs and a teaspoon of vanilla extract. That does sound good. Mix that all up, bake it. While it's baking, you're going to make this frosting. <laughs> he it like it's so Mix easy. Mix that all up Mix and bake it. it. <laughs> That's pretty much the case. You mix it all up and you bake it and it comes out as a cake. Um, <laughs> While that's baking, you're going to make your white frosting, which is two large eggs, just the whites, okay. no, no yolks, one and a half cups of sugar, an uh, eighth of a teaspoon of salt, a third of a cup of water, two teaspoons of light corn syrup. Mm, interesting. And one teaspoon of vanilla extract. You're going to mix that all up and set it to the side. What? Isn't that the same amount of sugar that was in the cake? No, it's okay. less. Okay. By a quarter of a cup. Oh, boy. It's a yeah. big cake. Okay. It's, 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 it's a lot of sugar. Just, <laughs> just deal with it, people. There's butter and sugar below. It is and buttermilk. 16 servings in this oh, cake. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a big cake. cake. Yes. That's a big so, cake. Okay. Um, I don't think I have It's for a party. For it's that. for a party. Right. It's you for your make... shadow work party. Hey. Oh. You just like, make, make a, a four-layer cake. <laughs> so it is layered. Okay. After you take your cake out and it's cooled, mm-hmm. um, you're going to want to ice it with this white icing. And then you're going to make the glaze, which is really simple. Okay. It is two ounces of semi-sweet baking chocolate. Okay. And two teaspoons of shortening. And I have been watching the Food Network a lot over the years. And you want to make sure your chocolate doesn't get too hot so that you get that nice gloss. Glaze, yeah. You want to make sure that it doesn't get too hot. So you're going to nuke this mixture Mm -hmm. 30 seconds at a time, mixing it. After every 30 seconds. So don't cheat. Until it's <laughs> Just put it in for two minutes smooth. or whatever. Then you're going to let it cool slightly and set it aside. And then you're going to, once that cake is frosted and everything, you got this glaze, you're going to pour it over the top mm-hmm. of the of, frosting. Of the cake. Right. And it's going to run down the sides. Yeah, it's that is supposed really cool. to run down the sides. You're yep. not frosting over the frosting. It looks you're letting good. it run down the yep. sides. It in, looks in so these long rivulets. Yes, yeah, it's really it looks really nice. Almost, yeah, octopusy <laughs> um, kind of looking things. Anyway, and then if you've if you have taken the time and done it correctly, you will have a high gloss glaze. If you don't, you'll have burned chocolate. That's right. You're not want to say have burnt chocolate, but, but it won't it'll have be that dull. glaze. Yeah. It'll be it'll dull. It'll be dull. 
So you want to make sure that you 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 spend that stopping every thirty mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah, yes, it it's won't a be process, shiny. but you want it to be shiny because the process of this is it's a mirror that doesn't mm-hmm. reflect. Ah, it's very cool. Right? Yeah. I've so, done it before. It's worth the time and the effort. It really nice. is. Hence the reason why it's, it's a, a shadow, shadow cake. cake. Yep. Right. I gotcha. And uh, so we will post that recipe uh, from the Spruce Eats. Cool. On nice. The, uh, on, the the on the website. On the blog. On the blog. Which you can find on 3pagansandacat.com. Uh-huh. You can indeed. Yeah, I guess we are kind of, uh, we're kind of at the end we're, here. Yeah, I think we've talked about as much as we can from all the Unless, uh, unless Carr had any more questions. No, I think, uh, what I'd like to say right now is we'd like to thank our Tiger Akaneko. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh, for the Grand Rapids Komodo Club. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Grand Rapids Komodo Club, you ask, what is it? Were you asking that? What yes, is it? Yes, oh, yes, was asking yes. What is the Grand Rapids Komodo Club? <laughs> so, Komodo, as you may or may not have known. <laughs> Although you probably do if you've been listening for a while. Yep. While mostly in the modern period, Komodo is worn by women and is often only in formal occasions. Historically, Komodo was worn by both men and women. Mm-hmm. And had all manners and purposes for it, including an intricate set of rules and styles which would advertise the wearer's social position, their age, their gender, their marital status, their personality, their intended activity, all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. So if you're in the West Michigan area, you can check out the Grand Rapids Kimono Club on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Owning a kimono is not required for admission to the group. Nope. Akaneko has said that many times. Mm-hmm. And then they have a bunch of really cool stuff. So get out there. Jump into this kimono club and mm-hmm. see what's going on. And they Learn do some activities cool stuff. and stuff. Yeah, yep, they, they, they have meetups and yep. they, they're... It's a very active group. Yeah, there are, there are a, color, a couple of other kimono groups from the Midwest that they sort of meet up with sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really cool little group. Yep. Yeah. What about Crystal? Oh, we just want to talk about the tea? Sure, yeah, we can just talk about the tea. We just had the tea the other day. Crystal put I actually tin. had tea yesterday. There was yeah. also a tiger, correct? Yes. Crystal put yes. Tin. Yep, yep. And her name, it's the her, name. Her, her name, we're maybe pronouncing correctly. Maybe pronouncing correctly. <laughs> but her she, business is apothecary tea. And they are amazing teas, which we have tried ourselves. They're delicious. They are good for you. They're extremely pretty. And they're extremely pretty. You can just look into that bag and, and just admire the beautiful mm-hmm. colors of the, of the herbs and the flowers. We have the, the elder flower tea. It's and pretty. it's blue and beautiful and I love it. It even smells good, like, just even before you've made yeah, tea. Yeah, before you like, steep just it, just the, opening yeah. the bag, it's just like, hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, so and she has a um, number of different blends. Oh, yeah. There's the elderberry. There is the... The herbalist shield. The herbalist shield, which is if you need to boost, boost your, your immune health. system. Mm-hmm. She's got a sangria one that tastes like citrus. It is very good. Uh, she's got a chai tea that mm-hmm. looks very nice. I haven't tried it yet, but it does look very good. And you can um, you can get it. I believe there's uh, various sizes that uh-huh. you can order. And I would say if you're going to go on to the website and order now, mm-hmm. the Star Crossed Lovers Collection is what this. Yeah. We're oh, in is the that February? Yep. Yes. So get on there and get that. It actually looks absolutely amazing. And you get Romeo Juliet faded or the Cross Lover sampler pack. That does look nice. And the sampler pack is only 20 bucks, so... Yeah, that's hard to argue with. Yep. And if you get Crystal's tea, you know you're getting tea that has been uh, prepared by someone who really takes care and pride mm-hmm. in, in their work yep. and in their product. That's apothecaryteastore.com. That's that right. is exactly it. All righty. 
Now I think we're done. Now I think we're I done. I think we're done. All right, gonna so... You're going to do the thing? Do the thing. <clears throat> do, do the out get, get yourself prepared. <laughs> <sighs> you can find us on... <laughs> okay, that was dramatic. Uh, you can find us on, he says, and then immediately cracks himself up <laughs> so that he can't deliver. <laughs> All right, so you can find us at 3pagansandacat.com. That's the number three, pagansandacat.com. You can also find us on Facebook. At 3PAAC, that's 3PAC, that's the number 3PAAC. So on Twitter, you can find us at <laughs> 3 underscore pagans. Uh, you could find us at Google+, Plus, but it won't exist in April, so who the hell cares? So why but bother? You <laughs> and you can find us on YouTube. Yep, yep, YouTube channel, which I cannot read you, but you can find all of that information. Yeah. We also have search. a patron page for Patreon. Uh, we have a red bubble where you can buy sh- t-shirts and mugs and, and all that kind of stuff. Journal designs. Yep. Yeah. New designs, journals on there. At some point. All hey, kinds of stuff. Buy, buy a journal for your shadow work. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> a journal for your shadow work. <laughs> That's it. I think we're done. Yeah, right. I think we are. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com. <laughs> <laughs>